I'm Bradley, escapee from reality, amateur to living life, creator of written worlds. Welcome to Creator's Dementia. Gather around the blank pages of this crazy world and find your creative spark that has been hidden within your creative dementia. Hello and welcome back to Creator's Dementia. Uh, I hope you guys like the new intro. I made it myself with royalty-free music and a nice little pre-recording. So, new changes to Creator's Dementia as we get, move along here. As, okay, this chair's got to sit still. I've got to sit still. Because mm, it squeaks so bad. But, anyways, new changes. Uh, new intro, new outro. Oh, so, I'm trying to amp it up a bit. Uh, I've even, I'm even going to start discussing new things. Uh, so I'm going to start doing book reviews. Uh, I'm going to start doing cover reviews, stuff like that. Um, I asked a question on my Facebook. What, uh, what would be good for a discussion, like a bunch of discussion topics when it comes to careers dementia that I have not tackled. And I got a lot of awesome feedback for it. And I am taking everybody's suggestion into consideration because I want this podcast to grow and it can't grow without its awesome audience such as you. So we are going to amp things up a bit and change things around a little bit. Um, I'm trying, sorry, I'm trying to turn off my volume on my phone so that way in case someone tries to call or text, it doesn't ring into the microphone. Uh, so yes, <clears throat> new things and I am sick. I've got some type of allergy thing going on and it's been a little rough so if I sound different or look different it's because I just do not feel the best in the world <clears throat> so you'll hear me kind of clear my throat a lot and I'm hoping I'll move my head away from the microphone when I do it like try kind of like what I try to do when I cough <clears throat> so yeah this is gonna be interesting uh, also another update is <clears throat> I'm looking for a co-host. Uh, you know, it can be a part-time co-host, someone who just wants to join in with me. I think it'd be awesome. Um, someone, of course, preferably with a creative bone in their body. And I am, uh, if I can get like another author, that would be great. Or if I can get a cosplayer or anything like that, that would be amazing. You know, I would love to have a part-time co-host. That way it's not just me talking because in all honesty, I get more positive feedback and positive views if I have someone on here with me other than myself and I've always wanted a co-host for this because I think when you have two people conversating back and forth when it comes to topics of um, you know anything creative I think it's a lot better to have multiple opinions instead of just one okay so the wife called I had to pause for a second and also I turned off my fan up there because I remembered that it actually makes noise and I forgot that it's probably seeping into the microphone. So if y'all heard my fan, I apologize. But anyways, as I was saying before, I actually did not lose my thought. I am looking for a co-host, a part-time co-host. Um, we can go through Discord or anything like that, record ourselves while we are kind of like how I do interviews, you know, and just kind of come up with fun stuff to do, fun stuff to talk about. And there is one thing I also did realize when I do record, I breathe through my nose a lot. And apparently, you can hear it if I do a deep exhale. So I'm trying my best 
not to do that as well. So, yeah. I, when I listened to the last uh, the the last episode I'd done about uh, Zed's Coda, I could hear myself breathing through my nose. Or It wasn't really Zed's Coda. I think it was more along the lines of my interview with Dana. I noticed that I breathed. I exhaled deeply a lot through my nose. <clears throat> so I'm trying to back up from the mic a little bit so that way my nose isn't directly above it and you all, you all won't hear the constant exhale coming from me as I try and produce quality content for my handful of listeners. So pray that I keep that going. I can uh, limit myself from that. And there's actually one more update and I'm super proud about this. If you guys follow me on Snapchat, which I know a lot don't because I don't advertise Snapchat that much just for the simple fact that it's full of dirty people. Uh, but if you follow me on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, uh, Creators Dementia has made it to Amazon Music. I'm super excited about it. And a lot of people use Amazon, you know, Amazon Alexa and Amazon Music to listen to a variety of different things, mostly audiobooks and things like that, of course. But uh, if I would like to use, I would like to use that platform to bring out indie authors because if I can get y'all noticed then I would just be ecstatic because I want all the indie authors that are out there trying to make a name for themselves to succeed as much as I want to succeed so I'm hoping that I can bring out more of the indie authors to do interviews with and get them on a more stable advertisement platform type deal yeah, where I'm trying not to breathe through my nose, I gotta turn my head every now and again, just release my exhale. Like this sickness is making it worse, so I'm. I think I picked the wrong day to record, but you know, it's either today or not an episode at all this week. And I am getting an episode out. I promise myself every Saturday will be an episode. And plus, I really want to advertise my new intro and outro so bad it's ridiculous. So I am recording while I'm sick. But yeah, that is. Um, all the updates so far. Um, hopefully I'll have some more for you next week. Uh, hopefully some good ones. We shall see. <clears throat> oh, well, this isn't really like a, oh my gosh, update, but I finally broke down and got wireless headphones. <laughs> I got the On brand, which is amazing. I love On. Uh, on technology is, I don't know, it's fast. Like, they're, they're good quality. I love it. It's what my keyboard is, is now my headphones. I got my camera set up with on you know the tripod and all that fun stuff so um i'm actually now able to stick a wireless headphone in my ear and listen to podcasts and of course the two main ones i listen to is uh between lewis and lovecraft with tyler clausen and hannah sorry hannah i don't know your last name and uh also uh midnights in kentucky with benjamin foster both great podcasts i love them both like i can't get enough of them and I know I just breathed through my nose. Breath, breathed through my nose. So I'm sorry if you heard that. Okay. Um, <coughs> sorry. But yeah, so now I can actually enjoy podcasts without having a long wire attached to my phone and have it possibly pulled from my ear like they always do. And once I get over this sickness and I start actually walking and exercising again, it'll be a whole lot easier for me to actually walk and run down the road. So 
Yay. But, okay, that's it. That's all the updates. Um, so, on today's topic with Creator's Dementia Season 2, Episode 4, this episode is called Pantser and Plotter. Two different types of writers. And thank you, Lori Wetzel, for this topic. I really appreciate it. And I hope that with all the topics that I actually go through, I remember who actually sent me this uh, topic to discuss. Now... I must admit, I have heard Panzer and Plotter throughout my years of trying to write books and things like that, but I never really researched what they were. Like, I thought a pant, like, I had no idea what a Panzer was. I knew a plotter is like, you know, someone who plans stuff, of course, because, I mean, they're plotting. But never once, and I felt so dumb to even ask, so I never did. But there is, you know, the word Panzer is an actual writing uh, classification. And there are authors out there that are pantsers, and honestly, I do believe I fall into that category. But I also fall into a plotter, which is weird. I don't know if anybody else does that. But, you know, we will, we're going to discuss what those things are. So, you can be either one in this whole writing world, and it's perfectly fine. There's famous authors that are in both sections, and we will get to those as well. But a pantser is a writer who does not have a fixed outline. I didn't outline hardly any of my books. Um, I, I tried to outline Astraea that I've been working on. Of course, that's going to take forever to get done. Uh, I outlined Zed's Apocalyptica, and yet it's still taking me forever to get that one done. Legion's Dawn, I did not outline. Uh, Zed's Rising, I did not outline. Zed's Wayward Son... I think I did like half an outline um, with my short and Tales from Quillandia. I did not outline. I actually wrote a whole nother story for it and then I erased it and came up with something completely different. But yes, uh, so I am kind of a pantser. Uh, you know, a pantser is a writer who does not have a fixed outline. Now, pantsing writers, like famous authors, <clears throat> there's, uh, I hope I pronounce some of these names right. Uh, Diana Gobbledon. I don't know if that's actually how you pronounce that last name. But she is the author of Outlander. She's a pantser. She did not outline the entire story. And yet it is well known and out there. So they said being a pantser is not bad. Uh, Matthew Hughes. What the Wind Brings. Author of What the Wind Brings. Matthew Hughes is a pantser. Now these two people. Like I've heard of Outlander. But I've not heard of that author. And Matthew Hughes, I don't know who that is, and I probably should. It's like I should have known who Diana was, but you know I've heard the book, but not heard the author. Uh, of course, we all know who this one is, George R.R. R. Martin. He's a pantser. He wrote The Game of Thrones. And I do have another author on here, and she sounds so familiar. Uh, or he? He sounds so familiar. Sorry. Uh, so I'm going to look up what one of his books is is before I mention his name so that way I am correct all right so we are going to James Joyce he is oh okay I have heard of this book uh, he is a pantser and he wrote Ulysses and Dubliners and Doomsday I haven't read any of his work I do believe but uh, that man is also a pantser in his writing 
<coughs> Excuse me. Okay. So, if some of you are wondering how can you actually be a pantser, they do have an outline and steps on how to be a successful pantser. And the first uh, outline is, it's kind of funny, I have an outline on how to be a pantser, but yet a pantser is someone who does not do outlines. I thought that was pretty funny. In my opinion. Uh, but a pantser, uh, the first... How would I say this? I know I just said it a second ago. The first uh, tip, I guess, uh, to be a pantser is start with a concept when approaching a blank page. Try to have an idea of what your story will be about. Now, th clearly that's what every author needs to be because you don't want to go just put a pen to paper and start writing all willy-nilly unless you're just doing a training exercise, you know, just to get your brain going. That is a technique that I sometimes do, and I know a bunch of authors also do that technique where, you know, they, they'll just write words. It doesn't even have to make sense. It's just to get them motivated to create a story, you know, and maybe in some of them words, you know, they can figure out a topic on what to actually write about. But if you are, you know, putting together a book, uh, a story of, of all sorts, and you are a pantser, just always make sure you have a concept before you go straight to your uh, blank, pa uh, blank page. <coughs> Excuse me. And, uh, you know, of course, if, you, if you're writing, you're, you're already going to have an idea of what you want to actually write about. But, you know, it's good to actually have a stable idea on what you, you want to focus on. Uh, tip number two, it says follow your impulses. So if you are... So I kind of, I've done this with many books. If, uh, like, I'd be writing Legion's Dawn, and, uh, by the way, Legion's Dawn is still available on Amazon. Booyah. Uh, <laughs> but as I was writing Legion's Dawn, you know, I already had the, f like, with my writing, I've said this many times, uh, I'll start with the ending. I know how I want to end it, and the beginning is no problem as well. I know how I want to start it. So... But as I continued through the book, uh, like I said, I did not outline it. I did not plan each chapter, but I knew what I wanted to put with the chapter. On um, you know most cases, but most of the time, each chapter came with just a sudden idea. It's like I know there's a chapter in Legion's Dawn where it's a it's got Abaddon and Lucifer, and at first it was going to be a very adult type scene but then as I started writing it I changed it that was my impulse is like okay this honestly does not need to be there it needs to be something different to explain the the relationship between Lucifer and Abaddon that's not uh, sexual or romantic it needs to actually be something that uh, identifies both of them as they are together so that's what I did I followed my impulse with that so that's that's what I wrote and there's another part where uh, Sebastian and Abaddon are speaking to each other and I had it completely different in my mind but then when I started writing it I changed it up because it just it fit better my the impulse to create that part of the story to actually do a, a complete uh, uh, follow with the actual storyline made it better so yes uh, follow your impulses because you know it's kind of like they say that gut feeling if you have it 
most of the time you're never wrong. It's something in you that's telling you that something else is coming or something else will be better or something's going wrong. So yeah, follow your impulses if you are a pantser because it's worked out great for me. I'll just say I'll, I'll say it that way. Um, and when I actually did outline Zed's Apocalyptica, I started writing this one chapter on it. And when I first outlined that little part about that chapter, I was like, okay, this would be pretty awesome if I could actually you know get it working. And then when I wrote the chapter, halfway through it, I was like, this ain't going to work. But yet I still finished that chapter, but I'm still going to take it out because it just, my impulse was telling me, no, it's not good. Get rid of it. And yet I went against my impulse and finished that chapter anyways. So that was basically a waste of time. But now I know that it doesn't go in there. Uh, tip number three with being a pantser, uh, take pauses to evaluate your work. I mean, at it you really should um you know a lot of people don't read through the work until they get the first draft done you know that's when they start trying to do the first round of edits before they send it out to a beta reader or an editor anything like that you know i usually try and do it before a beta reader i i know uh, with legions of dawn i asked for beta readers before i did the first round of edits on my first draft but i knew it wasn't gonna be the final product so i wasn't too worried about it but after I sent it out to him and I started doing the edits, the edits, the edits on the first draft, I realized that there's a bunch of stuff I should have fixed before I sent it out. So I should have, I, I would at some point like to, after I write a chapter, I hope that was not a mouthful because it felt like one, uh, or earful, I should say. But, uh, I'm hoping that at some point I can develop the concept of reading through my chapter when I write it. That way I can go ahead and fix it mostly like grammar mistakes or misplaced names things like that but you know or see if it actually flows proper but i'm the kind that writes straight through because i don't want to stop if i get on my my nice little roll there and then i'll go back and look at it now uh didn't do that with zed's rising <laughs> that's why <laughs> like zed's rising is my baby i will i will always love that story and i'm going to redo it of course but I can't help Zed's Rising. It 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 got me into it, so I can't really complain too bad about it. I can complain about the grammar and the edit and the non-edits, I should say, but still, Zed's Rising, its its concept was still pretty good in my opinion. I like it, but yes, I should have done better with Zed's Rising. That's the bad part. Uh, I was young and stupid. What can I say? I'm I'll be 33 next week, so my birthday's next Friday. So, and, uh, Zed's Rising came out in my twenties. So you can just imagine. And that was the first time I ever attempted to write a novel, which actually it turned into a novella. I didn't know it because I thought I had more words than I did, but I'd say if I'd done the proper edits, it would have been a novel would have been thicker, but you know, it's, it's Zed's Rising. I mean, it's, it's my legendary startup. <laughs> so one, one day, one day I'll fix it. Um, tip number four for being a pantser, uh, don't be afraid to edit. I mean, it's true. I, you always have to edit. There's no stopping at edits. Otherwise, you're going to end up having a book like Zed's Rising with all kinds of mistakes. But, you know, I own it. So, it's okay. But, uh, yes, don't be afraid to edit. Uh, uh, you have to do your edits. It, it may seem like a grind and a chore, but in the end when you do the proper edits, you know, more people will identify with your book and you will identify with it more because you know more, you, you know, it can be better. 
So yes, do not be afraid to edit. Uh, if you have to edit as you go, that's no big deal. It's just once you finally finish it, even after you've done you know, the edits as you go, read through the whole thing, make sure it all works. And don't be afraid to send it out to beta readers so that way they can give you their opinion. You know, if something doesn't fit or the plot doesn't work or the concept is just out of nowhere and they don't understand any of it, never take edit feedback the wrong way because it's there to help you, not to discourage you. It may seem like, I know it's another personal experience here, but I know with me, when I sent, send out my stuff, and you know, people will make red marks, circle stuff, or say I misspelled a word, it does discourage me because I, I'm, I know I can do better. But when you're writing a big old novel, you're not going to catch everything on your first go around because, you know, you're letting the story flow. So it's not like, it's not going to be so critical when you do your first draft. And that's why you have beta readers and editors so that way they can catch the things that you miss or the things that you might have messed up on. And they can help you figure out a way to pay more attention and fix it. So, yeah, don't be afraid to edit because without edits... Yeah, you will end up with his heads rising. <laughs> oh man, I, I still can't get over it. I have to laugh about it, otherwise I get sad. So, but I mean, everybody that's read Zed says it's a good story. It's just, it needs work. Uh, tip number five. So this one, it's come to a resolution. Make sure you know how to end your story. Uh, make sure it actually does end. You know, you could, you know, end it with a cliffhanger, of course, like I do, because I'm a butthole. And I want people to to want to get the next book of, you know, the one that's coming right after. So that way, you know, as soon as they get done reading the first, you know, the book that, that's in their hand, they're like, oh, gosh, what happens next? He left us hanging. I know. I suck. I, but, you know, it's, it's my form of writing. I, I just cannot help it. I don't know why I hate cliffhangers in movies. I hate cliffhangers in books. But I've learned that as you get left on a cliffhanger you'll want the next one. So I apologize for all the people out there that hate me for that. And I really do. And maybe one day I'll develop a story where there's, it doesn't end in a cliffhanger. Who knows? I could change it up a bit, but yes, always come to a resolution. Never leave them. Uh, always make sure your plot works and make sure that the concept flows properly and make sure it actually, uh, at least somewhat ends you know, allow the the destination to actually allow the journey to have a destination. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, don't leave them hanging too bad. Uh, keep it keep keep the flow proper. So those were actually the five tips for being a pantser. So if you are a pantser, welcome to the club. I am right there with you. So it's not it's not a bad club to have. Uh, some things do get stressful because you're you will get stuck with not knowing exactly where to go next because you didn't outline it, but that's part of the fun of the journey. So it's okay. I'm right there with you. I pants a lot. So moving on from pantser, we're going to be talking about a plotter. My nose is itching again. So a plotter is someone who uses outlines to help plot, plot out their novels. I've done this. I said that earlier. I, I have, you know, I'm like, I'm like a midway. I will plot, uh, I'll be a plotter for some stuff and a pantser for the other. It just all depends on how I want to focus on the story. Uh, there's this one book I'm working on 
well, kind of. Well, no, yeah, kind of working on it. 24 hours in the zombie apocalypse. Yes, I did resort back to zombies because I love zombies. But uh, I did actually outline most of it already because I want to make sure that I can fit a full 24-hour concept in this book instead of going way past it. That way it actually makes sense. That's the that's the reason why I did an outline for 24 hours. Uh, with Estrella... I did the outline because I wasn't sure where I was going to take it. So I tried to figure out the steps to actually get somewhere. So that's why I outlined that one. Uh, Zed's Apocalyptica outlined it so that way I wouldn't forget all the characters that have either died or disappeared or where my actual characters are. So that's the reason why I outlined those three stories. But uh, yes, a plotter is someone who uses outlines to help plot out their novels. Now, the, there are tips for being a plotter, too. And there's actually seven. So there's two more than a pantser. And I do have authors that are plotters. And some of them, uh, I'll, I'll give you four of them. Uh, and there's only one that I've not heard of. But I know the, the show and I, and I know the book. I just didn't know the author. But the first author that's actually a plotter is Stephen King. And, you know, he wrote The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon, Dreamcatcher, Carrie, uh, Cujo, uh, It, all those famous horrific novels and movies. Uh, J.K. Rowling is a plotter. You know, she wrote the Harry Potter series. Uh, John Grisham, you know, he wrote A Time to Kill, The Firm. You know, he's a very uh, cop, lawyer, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like... Man, there is a word for that, and I cannot think of what it is. Kind of like with my last episode with The Walking Dead, and I still, for the life of me, could not remember that town's name. Even to this episode, I still cannot do it, and I don't know why. Oh, man. But, uh, do I have something in my nose? It, maybe it's just my nose. I don't know. But anyway, sorry. Uh, but yeah, John Grisham. Um, cop dramas. <laughs> I'll say it that way. Um, but this last author I've never heard of, but like I said, I know the show and the, uh, the book, uh, Margaret Atwood, she wrote The Handmaid's Tale and The Handmaid's Tale is a big topic these days. And I can see why, because the world has gone to crap and the things that they are doing is almost in reference to The Handmaid's Tale to a certain extent. It's ridiculous, but we do not get political on here. So, um... Uh, the tips for being a plotter. Uh, number one is generate ideas. The first step in writing a novel is generating story ideas. We can do that in our sleep. We can have a dream and have a story idea. But, excuse me. Um, but yes, generate the actual story. Um, it's not hard. Uh, if you know what you want to write about, that's basically generating your story idea. Uh, tip number two is start with a simple compelling premise so I guess it's you know while you're outlining you know you uh, I really don't know how to discuss this one uh, start with a simple compelling premise so you know people I apologize you you are probably gonna think I do not know anything but sometimes with words I have to look up the definition to know exactly what I'm trying to say. So I am going, and you know, and the bad part is, 
I know the definition, but I have to see the definition in order to actually know what I'm talking about. It's weird. You know, kind of like the word irony. I know what it means, but I have to literally look up the word in order to know exactly what is a part of irony and what is a part of uh, coincidence, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, so let's type in this word. And if you, I might say the word, who knows? Uh, we're going to look at the word premise. <laughs> premise uh, proposition supporting or helping to support a conclusion okay start with a simple compelling premise all right so I guess I don't feel good um, that that's my background on my phone it's a galaxy and my phone is also a galaxy um, so I'm guessing it's basically saying um, Start. I'm basically just going to reread the tip. I don't even know why I'm trying to explain it. Start with a simple, compelling premise. So, yeah, I'm going to read it this way. Maybe I can figure it out in my head. You know, and I've got all these notes down because I wanted to script out this episode so that way I wouldn't ramble. But yet, I still got to do research as I'm recording. It's ridiculous. That's that's my <laughs> that's my concept here. Start with a simple, compelling proposition supporting or helping to support a conclusion. Okay. So, I will say it like this. Figure out... <laughs> figure out what in your story would help complete it. Would that work? I'm hoping so. I hope I just did not talk straight out of thin air. But find something that will help you reach your conclusion. Uh, whether it be like a natural disaster, you know, some people helping people, or uh, government takeover, or zombie apocalypse, you know, something like that. You know, start with a simple, compelling premise. I'll, I'm going to leave that alone. I'm done with it. Uh, number th tip number three. Trace out general story arcs. I get this one. You know, story arcs are the point where people, you know, it's kind of like the climax. You know, people are like, oh my gosh, that's it. Um, so, you can literally, uh, in your outline, figure out what that pivotal moment is inside your book. Um, I didn't quit saying, um, yeah. At, you know, where, where your characters get to that point that your reader reads where they're just like, oh my gosh, this is happening. So, uh, you need to figure out a way to actually build it up and I guess it's kind of also with the compelling premise <laughs> but uh yes figure out ex like step by step on how that arc is actually going to be portrayed and how they're actually going to get to that arc you know where it actually makes sense and it's not just a pop-up where it's like oh they made it here cool how though wasn't they just in Beaumont but now they're in Miami I don't know but yeah so uh, uh, yes do a descriptive outline of your story arc so that way you know how to get them to your story arc I feel like I'm just babbling F and I yeah <coughs> forgive me um, tip number four don't neglect character development see I do know this one I, I can actually talk about this one I've actually mentioned character development in a uh, 
a previous thank you. Yeah, I was gonna say thank you to myself for thinking of that word. Uh, I discussed character development in a previous episode. Uh, so do not take anything for granted when you're trying to come up with your characters. Uh, you know, you get to discuss their background, their hairstyle, their heritage, their eye color, their skin color, their entire family tree. Uh, their actions, their reactions, their story within the story, uh, you know, figure it all out. That way you know exactly how to portray those characters as you go. So that way when you are telling the story, people can identify with them. So whatever little detail that you may believe that does not matter, probably does matter. And it's good for you to have, so that way you can actually display your character a little bit better, a little more relatable. So do not neglect any type of characteristic when it comes to character development. Use what you know, and if you don't know it, research it. It's yes, it's time consuming, and it does seem like a chore, kind of like editing, but it's all worth it in the end. Uh, if you are trying to uh, display a guy from Ireland, but the only thing you know about someone from Ireland is their accent, well, you know you need is a good. Po uh, a good thing to actually discover families of Ireland and how people were treated during a certain time frame or, you know, a point in time, of course, but, uh, to display how this character actually is and why they are the way that they are. So yeah, do not neglect character development because it is a crucial point in telling a story and having your readers identify with your characters. Uh, number five, tip number five for being a plotter, build subplots. Now, subplots, you know, it's not the main focus, but these subplots can help amplify the actual plot. You know, kind of like, uh, what was it? Uh, tip number three with story arcs. <coughs> Phew. You know, uh, if you build all these subplots up, then people uh, can, you know, some, you know, subplots can actually get readers prepared for what's coming. Um, you know, and that way maybe, just maybe they won't be too upset with you. But, you know, but subplots have a lot more meaning than that. Um, if you, you know, build up the, the actions leading toward the plot, you know, like little events and things like that toward what your main focus is with the whole concept of your story, then you'll have a better shot at actually telling the story. Uh, and like... You know, it's it does take research unless you already know what you're writing about so don't take it for granted on building up in subplots it helps your reader and it helps you it actually helps you more than the reader number six write a detailed outline so it with uh with some of my outlines it's usually just like a memo or a like not exactly a title but a premise <laughs> of what that chapter is going to be about. Uh, but if you're a plotter, like a hardcore plotter, it says to write out a detailed outline. So I recommend if you are wanting to be a plotter uh, with each chapter that you are going to place in the book, you know, say um, we will go with, I got Star-Lord sitting in front of me, my action figure. So I'm going to say, all right, so what if, you know, you are the Marvel uh, writer for Guardians of the Galaxy and you want Star-Lord to go through these different uh, phases throughout this story you would want and you know you want to literally get it down detail to detail 
um, in your outline, you could literally list a specific event within that chapter as well as some type of action or dialogue in order to reach that point in that chapter within your outline. It will help you decide where the fine line is uh, that is going to dictate that entire uh, flow of your chapter. So uh, you can do, you know, you can write a detailed um, section of anything in your outline. That way you know where you're going and what you're trying to accomplish. So yeah, being a plotter, it says they recommend doing a complete detailed outline. It's, it might take a lot of space on in your notebook or in your computer, but at least you won't get lost. And number seven, tip number seven for being a plotter, tie up loose ends. So technically, technically, my Legion's Dawn is not part of the plotting because I did not, I mean, I did tie up loose ends uh, in a lot of it, but like I said, I ended it on a cliffhanger. So that loose end was not tied, but I did tie up a lot of them. And I also left a lot of doors open to Branch Legion's Dawn out to bring in more stories, possibly novellas to do like side companions, you know, thing, you know, all that fun stuff. So that way I can keep the story going, even do like flash fictions for it. So <coughs> I'm doing Legion's Dawn a lot differently than what I have done most of my writing. I've, uh, like I said, I've kept doors open, but with being a plotter, they want, uh, it said it's a good tip to completely have everything done. Um, so with your characters and your characters actions, uh, you know, the events took that has taken place or the events that, you know, is possibly going to pop up, I guess, um, tie, tie up a actual plot or a concept uh, that would lead them to that in the next story. I don't know if that even made sense, but I know what I'm trying to say. So I apologize if you don't. Oh my God. <coughs> but yes, so that is the difference between being a pantser and a plotter. Uh, you know, maybe I'm pretty, I, I'm pretty sure I know both within the writing community of all my friends. So if, uh, at some point, if I do, I know I will, I will bring another person on. Do not get me wrong, but maybe I can ask them if they are a plotter and a pantser and they can tell you guys why they are plotters or pantsers. Uh, but yes, that this was like I said, a topic brought to my attention by my good friend Lori uh, author of the unclaimed series which are great books and I will review her book on here uh, I will because I love the books and I love the covers so but yes if you are if you are in the writing community and you have ever wondered what a plotter or a pantser was now you know you're welcome I hope I explained it well I phew, like it is with whatever is I hit my microphone. I apologize. With uh, with whatever's going on with me right now, with allergies or hell, even pneumonia, I don't even know because I don't go to the doctor often. Uh, it has kicked me pretty hard, <coughs> and I have been on Nyquil for two days. I'll probably take some more tonight. Um, but 
But yeah, forgive me if I sound rough or anything like that or look rough if you are actually watching. I apologize. But that is it for this episode of Creator's Dementia. I really appreciate the listening. I really appreciate the watching. You have no idea. And if any of you would like to join me in hosting Creator's Dementia, I am all for it. I think it would be fun. We would have fun. Um, if I did get a co-host, I could actually, I would try my best to schedule recordings a lot more uh, frequent instead of just going off the whim. Um, I know most of the time, if I do try to get an episode in, I'll look at my days that I work the days I'm with my kids uh, or the days I'm alone and I'll try and get it done on that day and sometimes it just doesn't work out like that as you all have seen before I've done two episodes where my kids are going crazy in the back but one of those episodes was also um, about the real life of a podcaster slash writer and this is you know the kind of things that we deal with so that episode was uh, was needed uh, but the other one it was just, you know, hey, I'm not going to be able to record at all this week. My kids are here. Let's just let's just do it anyways. And, you know, it it my kids crack me up when I try to record because they like to get in front of the camera, make weird noises and all that fun stuff. So, I mean, I it's uh, it's OK. But yes, um, if you guys have any questions or comments and you don't want to do a public comment, you are more than welcome to uh, email me at creatorsdementia at gmail.com or you can leave a comment down below in any of the platforms that you are listening or watching on. Of course, the only one you'd watch on would be YouTube. But uh, yes, I am I am all for feedback. I love it. Uh, I don't ever take it for granted. Um, the more feedback I get, the better experience you guys can have. And that's what I'm shooting for is something that you guys can enjoy on a weekly basis considering my episodes are every week. Um, but yes, we have made it to Amazon Music and I am so proud. Uh, I found that out by just talking to my, I'm not going to say the name out loud because she'll turn on, but talking to that device over there. And I just wanted to see if it was actually on there and sure enough it was. And it was a, an amazing feeling. I love it. So yeah, um, that is all. Uh, I appreciate everything y'all do. I appreciate the support and I hope you like this new outro. I am going to keep my, uh, I'm a zombie one with, uh, my zombie talk episodes, my Zed's Coda ones. So that and still staying. It's just going to be different you know, on a actual other episode instead of every episode. So yeah. And hopefully I'll have a new, um, video segue into and out of these videos I'm learning as I go I'm trying to get more professional with it so fingers crossed that I can actually get there thank you guys very much God bless have a good weekend and if you guys are coming to Tompkinsville on September 3rd I will have a booth set up with books and you can come by say hi chat me up it doesn't matter I'm always looking forward to meeting people when it comes to stuff like this and I kinda wonder I'm, I know I'm still rambling and I apologize. I've done said goodbye like 30 times. But uh, I honestly wondered if I should do a live podcast during that day. But I'm afraid to because it's not going to be like a constant talk. It's just going to be people walking by. So I may not do that. But I will have pictures and stuff. Uh, so if you guys want to follow me on any of my social media stuff. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com forward slash 
stories in the making 2016. Uh, my Instagram is B underscore rad boot head. Uh, TikTok is at Zed's rising and I'm not going to do Snapchat. Like I said, there's just too many, too many dirty people out there for me to advertise Snapchat. Cause if I don't know you, I won't accept you anyways, <laughs> unless someone's like, Oh yeah, I know that person. So yeah, Snapchat's a no go. I can't do it. It's, have you ever seen, I know this is completely off topic, but you know, you get that random person to add you and you think you recognize the name. So you're like, Oh, okay, cool. I, I'm pretty sure I know this person. And then when you accept it, all of a sudden nudity, you're like, okay, that's not who I thought it was. Goodbye. That happens way too often. So yeah, but all right, that's it. Have a good weekend, everybody. Thank you for listening to Creators Dementia. Be sure to like, follow, comment, whichever you prefer on any platform that you are listening to. To contact Creators Dementia Headquarters, feel free to email me at creatorsdementia at gmail.com. Dementia Creator, out!